Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L.J. LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? L.J., I am doing good. Uh, you know, we had another very busy day here at college. L.J., you were doing a little bit of soccer coverage over in LaSalle. Uh, I was in class grinding out work, you already know, but we have quite a bit to talk about uh, tonight. Very action-packed schedule, a lot of different topics. We're going to be jumping all around the league as we have been doing. LJ, you were at the Red Sox game last night. I know you did record your episode. I'm not sure how much uh, of content you put in there from your experience at the game but uh yeah just tell me how did how, how was it i haven't even got to talk to you about it yet it was mostly i, I it, that was most of yesterday's show so i'll try to be brief um fun as always the red Sox are good so that helps a lot you know it was really of course always fun atmosphere but brandon how familiar are you with the seven line army the seven line army is that like a band or something there? No, it is a Mets fan group. So it starts out as a, started out as a clothing line back in 2009. I did my research on this. And basically has developed into like this hyper-popular fan clothing line that now does group events. Mm-hmm. And so they buy group ticketing and sell them all out. So, Brandon, you know the section, not the bleachers, but everything else that's right field. In- yeah home run territory mm-hmm. 70% of that was Mets fans wow 70% of that was Mets fans all wearing matching shirts <laughs> 70% of that was Mets fans all wearing matching shirts and doing organized chants all into it all together very passionate fans is what you're saying incredibly passionate fans for most of the game, I was part of the other 30%. So it was wild. Yeah. Uh, so it was, I'm sure the the back and forth was was quite fantastic. Were you able to see, were, were the fans like the very typical New Yorker or no? Um, some. It was a lot of also, you know, families because mm. it's an opportunity, really. You've got... You get a chance if you're out from out of town, you get a chance to go to Boston and just have a little getaway with your family. If you're from Boston, this is probably one of the few times you get to see the Mets or see the Mets comfortably each year. You want to get your whole family there so they can have a good time. So it felt like it was a lot more family and a lot more friends than just a bunch of people, um, bunch of just you know casual new yorkers i'm not i'm not trying to say that's not new yorker but i'm that's generally my observation of the group um i'm digging myself a hole but no yeah, i mean it sounds like yeah you it, it uh, was really an interesting thing um i should also mention there were certainly some let's go red Sox, let's go mets going back and forth throughout the day but 
both fan bases united on a number of occasions, all chanting together. The Yankees suck chants on this evening were astronomical, Brandon. I have never seen it go so well. I have never seen two fan bases unite in such a way. Wow. That, well, that, that sucks. Uh. Brandon, what if I told you that on my way out of the stadium, a Yankee suck chant had already begun when I entered the concourse and it continued all the way from when I entered the concourse until I left the stadium. It was beautiful. I'm heaven. I'm not really sure how to respond, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Honestly, Brandon, I guess I have to ask you, why do you think there aren't more organizations like the seven line army? I mean, Trying to sell out group tickets is definitely hard, like trying to coordinate one day, uh, especially a weeknight. Like that's, you know. Well, I don't, I don't think that's how you'd start. Again, they started with the clothing line. So oh, that's right, yeah. They, they built a culture before they started organizing group events. So the, to, uh, to have a group that is able to so excellently build a fan culture like that like this is something that reasonably of course they would never do it they've got a lot of better other ideas other things to worry about but like section 10 has the type of culture that i can see fitting very well to these group events like Mm. if they decided to front the cash on a section of yankee stadium a section of um pnc park and get as many fans there as they could, that would be a very similar type of vibe in terms of a large group fan culture that all knows this brand as Mets fans. So there's, there's certainly like that type of establish the culture, get people interested in you and in the Mets and combine people that are interested in the Mets. And then I get them all to a game. I think it certainly helps teams. I mean, Fenway, of course, is weird. There's there's some dead spots, so you can't hear them all through the park, but there's certainly areas of the park where you could hear that, and they were loud. So that certainly cha- it changes the vibe of the room, and it certainly throws off a home crowd when you're getting such a substantial amount of support being shown for the away team in a home stadium. That's going to throw any any team for a loop. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I agree. There should be more organizations like them. But LJ, let's talk about this Francisco Lindor play from last night at the game. Uh, So basically, it was Schwarber batting, right? Yes. And the Mets are playing the the shift on him where like, the shortstop is standing behind second base, shaded, you know, even on the other side of the infield almost. And then the second baseman, who is Javi Baez, is lined up on the edge of the outfield grass, actually maybe a few steps onto the outfield grass. The ball gets hit softly, but right in the line of Javi Baez. Directly in front. Directly in front. Literally... And it's Kyle Schwarber, not the fastest guy. Just run up, grab the ball, and make the play. Francisco Lindor chooses to run all the way over and cut in front of Javi Baez, actually ranging onto the outfield grass when he gets the ball. (laughs) And then he throws out Schwarber. LJ, this is one of the crazy, just like, not it's not even crazy it's just like Lindor's an asshole like you you can't understand this I looked at it the night of and I was like that doesn't seem that seems unnecessary but kind of moved on with my life because I'm like maybe I just didn't get a good angle at it maybe he couldn't have made it I then watched again on video and it's probably worse than I thought it was in person and then you look at the numbers behind it brain and the stat cast comes out and i'm blanking on what the stat was called um 
route path efficiency. Yeah, route, route path, the route path efficiency that Lindor took, negative 80%. So this wasn't even 0% efficiency. This is negative 80%. I don't think you can get much farther away from a, from a perfect line or a perfect route than the Mets did with having Lindor come all the way over. I mean, the, for Pete's sake, the guy probably had a water station set up somewhere between when he started running for the ball and when he got to the ball because it was that much of a marathon to get over there. It just – I mean, I get it's your friend, and maybe you want to screw with him, but they're not out of the playoffs. They're also playing a very good team and should be trying to win every game. Maybe not screw around in such obvious ways. Yeah, uh, I agree. And, you know, they are – they have been in quite the, you know – downswing as of late. I mean, let's not forget just a few events that have happened to this organization the last few weeks. We've had Steve Cohen tweeting some pretty crazy things. Their GM got a DWI. Uh, They did the whole thumbs down thing. So, you know, just another... Don't forget about Pete Alonzo saying the smile, you get to watch baseball. Yep. We forgot. Um, and then also Pete Alonzo, while making true statements about the free agency and the juiced ball earlier in the year, uh, certainly I don't think it was very necessary to do it, at, at least in that medium of uh, communication. The Mets just find ways to get themselves involved. Uh, but Mets are going to met. LJ, you well, want to talk about Jose Iglesias, who yeah. you now think is like oh. if you made if you made an all-time Red Sox team, you might put him at second base over Dustin oh. Go, go, go. Look, tonight was awesome. I think I, I don't I just I'm gonna keep on this campaign, not because I think he's the greatest player in the world. He is he is one of my favorite Red Sox and certainly was back when he came up when I was younger. I was quite sad to see him go. But I'm going to keep on this because it is my firm belief that this man is not getting enough love for what he's done over the last month that he's been in Boston. Brandon, let's first go to the stats here. 13 games. He's got a he's got a 1.036 OPS, a 173 OPS plus with only one home run, but four doubles and that's not including tonight so also a triple but tonight makes a brilliant play at second base to start off a double play comes up to bat in the next inning and i'm not sure if you've seen the highlight of this one yet but hits one that kind of it was maybe it was like a warning track ball a warning track fly line drive type thing to right field and it kind of knuckles backward back towards center field on Kevin Pillar and he misses it gets to third base just the amount of hustle I'm not I'm, I'm just I'm over the moon to have him back it, it just needs to be said dude's a stud yeah and to be honest he's been like you know shorts have never historically been great hitters like you know the ones who are good hitters we look up to so much like the Derek Jeters, the Barry Larkins, you know, guys like that. Uh, when you look at Jose Iglesias. Really call Derek Jeter a shortstop. Well, all right. No. He stands in the shortstop position, but is he really a shortstop? Okay. We're not, he doesn't seem to stop not, much of anything. We're not doing this now. <laughs> uh, Jose Iglesias, the thing with him, he's never been – a good hitter earlier in his career. He was a fantastic defender. He still is really good in the field. Uh, even though the advanced stats say he's been atrocious with the angels with negative one and a half war on the defensive side, uh, which leads to his negative 1.2 war with the angels this year, but to see him with a nice little change of scenery, 
back on the team he started with before they had to trade him away to the Tigers. Who did you even get in that deal? Was that Jake the Cespedes? No, it was Jake Peavy. Mm. Came in, came in, was a crucial part of that rotation for the championship. Oh, you want to know who else you guys traded away in that deal? Frankie Montas. Worth it. Interesting. Okay. It's worth it. Brandon, maybe, maybe, you, don't, maybe you don't understand this thing, this anymore, but rings trump all. I know oh. you haven't gotten that in a while, but rings trump all. All right. Um, I'm really going hard at you tonight. And I mean, I feel like that's that's like the one time it's appropriate with what you just said, where I can say 27 rings. If you're saying rings trump all, then like, yeah, yeah, yeah but like you, you so, just so, like so you fell were, so right you, into that one. No, you just fell right yeah, into that. I, I did. I did. But if you're going to bring it up, you can at least admit that if you win the World Series or if you exceed your goals, then it doesn't matter if you give up what you give up for it. No, that's fair. That's I mean, fair. I'm not. I'm not going to cry over Frankie Montas, who really didn't become relevant until this, last year. Yeah, a couple years. Year. So it's been. It took maybe, let's call it seven years for him to get to being a relevant when we won a World Series that year. I'll yeah. take any day, and to have Jose Iglesias move out of the way for eventually for. Xander Bogarts is also a huge plus there. Agreed. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk about the Yankees tonight as they oh, – one thing. Because I forgot something that is very important to be said. Um, Kyle Schwarber is the Mets' dad. Yeah. Brandon, I'm not sure if you've seen this. Nine home runs in ten games against them this year. Wow. This is like the worst brutality we've seen all year. He is. I mean, dude just hits. And the, the dude does just hit, but like this is on another level. 143 OPS plus this year, LJ. But where do you even like put him in an MVP ballot? Like you can't. So for American League MVP, like do you put him like how much award does he have? I don't think it can I stop you there? I guess he only has 2.4 war, but a 135 OPS plus. He's missed a lot of time. Yeah, he has only that. played like a hundred and three. He missed time in not sure. in June. I think he missed time in May. He missed time before the All-Star break and after the All-Star break. Mm. The time after the All-Star break was basically the All-Star game up until mid-August. So he did not see the field a lot. That ultimately, I think, has a lot to do with that. But I just found his splits. Yeah, his splits this year. Brandon, he's slashing 353, 405, 1000 for a 1405 OPS against the Mets this year. That's before this game. Where One, he 1405 OPS is still lower than Barry Bonds had in an entire season just well, putting well, it into perspective you have, you have to wait for those two home runs tonight to kick in okay yeah no actually that'll be way higher then so i like that all right the yankees lj they they're i said the last time we i was on which was two days ago i said you know the yankees as much as I root for them literally every single day. You guys have heard my thoughts on the team every single day. I think that if we make the playoffs, it would be a net negative for the team because then they would keep around Boone and Cashman for another year. And LJ, I think you can agree with that. Is that fair to say? Because it's in or because the, all the problems the Yankees have had this year have been an organizational structure thing. It, it goes it goes way up. Um, I can't entirely agree with that. And here's why I'm going to bring you back to something you've said multiple times throughout the year that does changing those two pieces out actually do anything? 
you you've said very vehemently all along that you think the issues and the philosophy of this team runs very deep. It runs very deep into that stat statistics department. It runs a, as high as Hal Steinbrenner. So you have to question how much of the direction do either of those guys really control? And if they don't control enough of that direction, changing the GM, changing the coach or manager isn't going to matter. Well, no, here's my thing with the manager part. Like I, I get the Cashman thing, right? I think that like the, the people who think that they, that a Cashman is going to get fired, like it's, it's not happening. And it couldn't happen. the thing with Boone is like, at the end of the day, the in-game moves is not the analytics department. There's, there is, it's not like there is literally some Harvard grad who is just very proficient in our studio and can pull up all these charts and everything. And that's how we make our lineup. And that's, that, that's fine. That's, that, that's, that's how all the teams operate. But when it comes down to it, the bullpen, who is getting picked out of the bullpen to pitch? It, at the end of the day, it's Aaron Boone's choice. And LJ, you've seen for years just how bad the bullpen management is. Uh, even like not even counting the games where like we're just we're like just a pitching guys because we're going to send them back down the next day. Like just in general, there's been some rough, rough moves and he waited way too long to not make or to pull Chapman from the closer role at least like for a couple weeks until he could get his stuff back together. He's back now and he's looked good the last few games. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, as for the game tonight, it's a nice win against the Rangers. I'm very happy we can win these games uh, against the bad teams because we have a very, very tough stretch to close out the season. But um, yeah, with, yeah. That, with that being said, I do have to just bring this up just for the sake of conversation, it's not like the uh, bullpen moves have really been what has been the root of the issue for this team. Yes, what is going to happen is the odds are most likely that the Yankees will miss the playoffs by a couple of games. Those couple of games will could have been made up by better choices by the manager. I think also uh, it's very important to note Marcus Timms, the hitting coach. Yeah. It seems like it, there's almost no possibility he returns, even, even if we make the playoffs. Like we've we we fired Larry Rothschild after making the 2019 ALCS. We've shown that we don't that we don't care about firing hitting and pitching coaches, you know, after making the playoffs. So, yeah, I guess I would like to see him. My thing is moving towards the lineup. The lineup is the reason they didn't win the division. And that was, that was at minimum the goal, correct? Like, yeah. And Yankees fans heads, there's no reason that they didn't win. They aren't winning the division this year. And so I have to look at, I have to look to the lineup to find the disparity between 94, 95 win rays and the 86 win Yankees. I'm going to show you where it is, though. There's like pretty much three specific players DJ LeMahieu, just huge drop off. Uh, we only got to see Luke Voigt. And I mean, how many games has he played this year for us? He only has 212 at bats on the season. I mean, LJ, do you remember how much of a black hole it was for the Yankees at first base for a minute there? I mean, it was Jay Bruce. It was Mike Ford, Chris Gittens. All these guys played significant amounts of time at first base for the Yankees this year. Uh, it, th that was a big factor. Glaber Torres. I mean, this guy still doesn't even have a 700 OPS. He went from hitting 38 home runs in his second year in the league to a black hole at the plate. And he had a good game tonight. He had a nice uh, double. Granted, it was off of Spencer Patton, who, yeah, you know, I don't know. I have no idea who the hell that guy is. But uh, it's, you know, it's those, it's those guys who just had such bad, 
you know, seasons, Aaron Hicks, Clint Frazier, you know. Thank you. Yeah, you see, I'm going to give Luke Roy a pass on this because I think a health variable has nothing to do with what we're talking about here. I think all of the other ones do because it's either the way that the player has played or the direction that the team has pushed him. With guys like Andujar and Torres, that is on the team. I'm, I'm probably not going to put that put it on the team for Frazier, but it's on it's on the team that they didn't do the they did the whole option year thing. I, I, I hate to keep bringing it up, but it's just inexplicable to me that they have no qualms about using as many option years on relievers as they want. But the second you have to uh, come into question a guy who should have already been up allegedly should already have been up in the majors. You're not willing to use his last option year because you're afraid you'll need it next year. What does that even mean? Does that mean you're so unconfident in him that you are thinking you might have to send him down next year? So you're going to spare yourself the time. Like there's just a lot of gaps. There's, there's huge gaps in logic in that decision, which further show the gaps in logic in a lot of other decisions from move, team moves from from not not necessarily trades but from call-ups and send downs to oh no i think from trades you know andrew heaney i think that was a bad trade no all right no but i cannot blame them from doing it i I can't we didn't need another pitch i cannot blame them for doing it i think you should do it however the fact that he's still on the team that is a lapse in judgment and decision making it's bad logic it's terrible logic because their logic is like, oh, well, if we if we DFA him, then it's going to make us look bad because, look, the Yankees made a bad trade. They just had to DFA that guy. Instead, it's like, oh, look, he's still on the Yankees roster. You don't got to look at his stats, though. I mean, he, he hasn't allowed like 10 home runs as a relief pitcher for us. You know, it's, it's nuts. But, yeah, um, you know, the Yankees, 86th yeah, win on the year. We're back in a wild card spot. We'll see what happens. I, ca- I cannot blame them on trades this year, though. You tell me they go out and get Anthony Rizzo, Joey Gallo, Rufnet Odor, who has been solid for them. And the Rangers um, are paying both Joey Gallo's and Rufnet Odor's contract. But now Odor doesn't have play to Wandy Peralta, Joely Rodriguez all come in this year. That more than makes up for trading for Andrew Heaney. Yeah, you know, the Wandy Peralta thing, we traded away Mike Talkman for him. And there was times where it was like Trey Ambergie, Hoy Park, uh, who else? Greg Allen. into that hamburger? I would have much rather had Talkman out there. Uh, no, but than, you, you, than can't, you can't of Wandy deny that Wandy Peralta has had a great impact on this team. <laughs> he's been He's been up and down, LJ. He'll... He'll come in and get the biggest out like you'll ever see. Like the Boone will like uh, bring him in. It'll be like bases loaded with one out, and he'll like somehow get out of the jam. Like I, so, I remember he would just struck out Juan Soto with the bases loaded one time, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like this dude is unreal. He was so hyped coming off the mound. And then there's other times where he'll be pitching against a bad team like the Orioles, and it, it'll. We'll be up by like a run and we we bring him in because it's like, dude, like you can obviously get out the good hitters <laughs> and he'll just get shelled and he'll have like three, four hits in a row, maybe a home run in there. And it's like, what happened? I'm, and there was like, there's been quite a few of those games where he's just been bad. But I mean, he's a lefty specialist, uh, definitely. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense now to have him on the team because Talkman wouldn't have a spot, but then we wouldn't have made other trades. Yeah, I don't know. It's a big butterfly effect. But, no, I like Wandy Peralta. He's probably a net positive on the team. All right. LJ, Rays and Blue Jays, uh, what you need to know about their game tonight was that the Rays picked up the win. What was the score? Seven to one. Uh Tampa Bay just they're they're unbelievable man. I mean the consistency that this team has had the whole year. LJ, they haven't had like a bad stretch, have they? No. 
not like a bad, bad stretch. No. They've certainly cooled off. I mean, they cooled off in June quite a bit. After they went on that whole ridiculous run, they cooled off quite a bit for the Red Sox to take the division back. But other than that, no. They certainly haven't done it in a while. I'm going to actually extend this a little farther past the Rays. Brandon, did you ever see there being an era of Tampa quite like what we're in in all of sports? It's really amazing. About, like, the Houston Rockets, uh, like, the, their, like, three-point revolution. Uh, trying to think of another, like, small market team. Like, I mean, Moneyball A's. I don't, I don't think that is even the same. The Moneyball A's. No, but you look across all sports, though, is what I'm saying. Like, to have the Rays become so good and so consistent, to have the Lightning be so good and so consistent, to have the Bucks oh, be so good and consistent. Like, oh, this is you amazing. Mean like that, yeah. yeah, I never thought the city would be capable of supporting this type of thing. Yeah, no. Uh, in all, let's see, in all sports, I mean, the only, the only other cities that have, like, come close, let's see – Los Angeles, right? They had the Dodgers and Lakers last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like a small market like this, they're really. Oh, no, it's awesome. Way. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, they don't have a, a an NBA franchise, but. Uh, they almost anyway. have the Raptors. Yeah, no, they had the Raptors for a little. So, but as for this race game tonight, uh, LJ, would you like to explain this whole uh, Kevin Kiermeyer lineup or a pitching card, it involves yesterday's and tonight's game, if you don't mind giving a bit of a synopsis because it's a little complicated. Yeah, so to make a long story short, Kevin Kiermeyer was involved in a play at home. During this play at home, the whatever, whichever catcher the Blue Jays had out there at the time. Alejandro Bobby, Kirk. This was Alejandro yesterday. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. Alejandro Kirk was out there. He drops his scouting card on all of the all of the opposing hitters on the ground. Kevin Kiermeyer picks it up and walks back to the dugout like nothing happened. It eventually gets noticed on camera, becomes a whole thing on Twitter and in the media today that he stole their scouting report and everything. So we thought that was all done with. All of a sudden, late in this game, Kiermeyer comes up to bat and gets hit by a pitch, obviously because of that quite intentionally. All, both teams walk out of the dugout. That, you know, pitcher in a, got ejected. In a, yeah, pitcher got ejected. You know, it's the casual, like, I understand why you're doing this. I'm not that mad, but I technically have to be outraged, so I'll be outraged thing. Yeah, well, to be fair, like, sure, it was the, it was like a scouting report. And like you have no idea what it is, like you're you're picking it up. Like I get it. I think it's just kind of like a dumb thing that that happened. Uh, oh, there's no reason to hit him, especially. Well, I mean, because it was a blowout, I guess. But I, I'd call it more than dumb. Um, it's probably really dumb because the Blue Jays were getting beat by yeah. a lot. No, no, no. So hear me out. First off, I will say. I support the decision to hit him because that's a trashy thing to do to an extent. Like, 
all right, maybe it's maybe it's not the first thing you should do. I mean, I, I don't know where I exactly stand on stealing those cards and whether it should be like frowned upon within the unwritten rules or not. I don't think he knew what it was though. But, clear, but clearly, either way, clearly it was in the unwritten rules for this team. So I support their decision to hit him anytime but now. I have become a firm believer that I that hitting hitting players plunking players is better to say because like obviously not that hard like the the intentional hit by pitches are fine they are a part of the game however there should be absolutely none of that stuff going on in September if you're a competitive team that is absolutely ridiculous bush league bush league yeah I don't I don't I don't know how you can say you're truly focused on being in this wild card race if you're going out there and adding base runners willingly i don't care what the score is if you're going out there and willingly adding base runners to your case at any point in the game if you're thinking about it that's a major distraction it's also a thing that like i feel like instead of hitting them it's something where you could just go and talk to them the next day and be like, you know, have a couple of guys go up to him during the race batting practice, maybe have a private conversation about it. Uh, like, I get it's a it's a bad thing to do, uh, especially it, in it's this. It's not the time or place. No, like, it's not the. Well, no, I mean, I mean, on on a Kiermaier's part. I get it's a bad thing that he took it, but I I don't see the need to hit him whatsoever. Uh, like you said, it's September. This is serious baseball now. The Rays had a reason to be really mad, and uh, it is what it is. And now Toronto lost, so the Yankees are back in the spot. So it's beautiful. Uh, also, with the win, Tampa clinches a playoff spot, uh, the, the first American League team to do so. So, very, very nice by them. Yes. All right, LJ, the hot story in the National League has been the St. Louis Cardinals, and they picked up their second win in a row against the Milwaukee Brewers, their 11th W, LJ, in a row. Miles Michaelis comes out tonight, seven innings, two earned runs, the Cardinals offense had his back early, dropping six in the first two innings. Tyler O'Neill, two-run home run in the first. In the second, Tyler O'Neill with a uh, with a double that scored an RBI. Uh, Nolan Arenado with a double that scored an RBI. There was a sacrifice fly that scored two runs. Harrison Bader was able to tag up from second and score. Uh just bad, bad defense by the, the Brewers. Go and check out that play if you haven't seen it. I can't really explain it. Uh, but the Cardinals, they win 10-2. Huge performance. They shut them down. I mean, this this team, what they've been doing the last couple of weeks is amazing. And it's, you know, LJ, if they stay hot like this, I would not want to play them. Like I said, this 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 lineup is is legitimately scary now. Yes, it just matter. It's just a matter of can they keep it up. Streaks are a very fickle thing, or at least what happens after streaks. I cannot guess that they're going to have won these eleven straight. They're going to end the season on like I'm just throwing a number out there twenty straight. And then they're going to go into the playoffs and sweep, sweep everybody to a World Series. Mm. They're going to get knocked off at some point. Yeah. But the question becomes, how do they bounce back from that? Because that's always a, it's it's really a flip of a coin because you can really, I, I, you can go in any way. If you win, win 11 straight, drop a game, you can just as easily win 11 more straight as you can lose eight straight as much as you can play 750 ball, as much as you can play 500 ball. Like there, it just, 
once the momentum dies, you never know how it's going to pick back up again. So that's what I worry about with a team that hasn't shown itself to be the real goods all year. No, I get it. Uh, it makes sense. <laughs> I just, you know, we've seen what they can do in the playoffs. You remember when they dropped 10, <laughs> 10 runs on the Braves in one inning in 2019? I mean, that was, that was crazy. So they're, they're, they're a scary team. They've, they've had to play Milwaukee a lot this year. They're familiar with that lineup. We've seen the, the Brewers lineup go ice cold. Christian Yelich is, you know, one of the biggest fall offs I think we've actually ever seen. It's, it's crazy how bad he is now. Uh, but Chris Davis like almost, but yeah you're ready you're ready to go there i mean in terms of a single like single year drop off i mean he you don't go from mvp first and second and mvp in two consecutive years i mean i i guess you don't but it's not like he's playing atrocious baseball either he's not living up to his contract but I'm sorry. I didn't mean him. I meant a Cody Bellinger who is oh. Cody Bellinger has a 43 OPS plus. Oh, Cody Christian Bellinger. Yelich. Oh my gosh. This is atrocious. This is awesome. Christian Yelich had a big fall off, but Cody Bellinger's is very, very bad. You see Cody Bellinger is an issue is an interesting, much more interesting case, I think, than Yelich because I think Yelich has a lot of hope, but Bellinger I think we have to actually notice and acknowledge his 789 OPS during the shortened 2020 season. 60 games, we've all agreed, should not be taken as gospel. 240 play appearances should never be taken as gospel. However, it certainly is starting to prove itself as actually being the real deal when you consider – that he's gone from being not the all-star he was to even worse this year. So look, he just, he's got to figure this out. I mean, that was a between from 2019 to 2020, that was a 60 point drop in batting average. That's, that, that's a bulk of where this is coming from mm. is overall just not making, not making good contact a lot over the last two years. And then, of course, dropping 80 more points from there. Like, at, at some point, you got to turn that around if you're hoping to get anywhere. I'd like to think he's not going to be like that, though. I, I would certainly hope so. You know, it, it seems like he's a guy where he, he's there's, you, you aren't that good. And then all of a sudden, you're just bad now like that. Un- unless you're on steroids, which we think Chris Davis was, right? Like we can, we're on that train. Uh, sure. Okay. I I don't think Cody Bellinger was on steroids, so you don't go from a no, one fifty-seven OPS. On, just on marijuana. <laughs> all right. I mean, that's that, that should be all right. You know, I feel like there's a few other players that use that kind of stuff, but yeah. Uh, Let's move on to the next topic because we still have a couple more things to get to. Two manager moves here. The Orioles will retain Brandon Hyde uh, through next season. Uh, I mean, I don't blame them, LJ. He's, I actually think he's an, he's an all right manager. Uh, sure, his teams are terrible, but he, he certainly works with what he has and they must like the attitude and the culture that he is creating there. And hopefully he'll stick around for when they are, uh, you know, hopefully good at some point. Yeah. You know, it doesn't really matter at this point. I think as long as you have somebody who is making a good impact on the a positive impact on the team, his abilities with the X's and O's isn't going to matter as much. His his ability with the X's isn't going to matter as much as his ability and relationship with the O's. 
Yeah. And um, yeah. I so mean, like, I just think all jokes aside, if he can build that, build the raw roster talent and keep developing them, get them ready to be major league players. They can bring, certainly bring somebody in who is actually qualified once they need to. Agreed. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. And look, he's been there for, this is his third season. I mean, you don't stick around, especially we see how many managers get fired every year. You don't stick around for that, that long if they don't like you. So uh, interested to see how the how that uh, rebuild ends up playing out uh because at some point like you can rebuild lj but you can't be winning 40 games a year for for five years in a row that's 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 not a rebuild at that point yeah at some point well i think it depends once they've decided once they've decided enough of their super talent is at the major league level or about to be at the major league level, I think that's when you start looking at a competitive manager, evaluating for a competitive manager and start making competitive moves in free agency to be able to round out the roster. You don't, you don't, you wait until guys like Adley Rushman and the, um, Grayson Rodriguez, Grayson Rodriguez, uh, who'd they take this year? I'm blanking. Oh, um, no, I know. It was one of the big guys. Oh, uh, was it Colton Kowser? Yes. Yes. The Either outfielder. way. Outfielder, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so once those guys are there, in the, they're in the show or just at the doorstep, that's when you have to start thinking about this. Until then, you can – lose 40 games as long as you want. They've gone so far and so deep into this rebuild, you can't go halfway. Uh, LJ, if you want a little positivity, they've already scored more runs than they did in their 2018 season and their 2010 season. So And, and their 2020 season. Yes, and their 2020 season. Uh Actually, this is one of their LJ. This is actually like not one of their worst ever. I think there's been a lot. Oh my god, this team has been bad for a very, very long time. Yikes! All right. Um, the second. Oh, also, they're oh what a half game in uh in first for the for the number one pick. They are now a half game, I believe. But Arizona, 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 it's because Arizona has one last game. So and Arizona's Arizona losing right now. Love it. Uh, we're gonna have to keep track of that for sure. Second one, David Bell has been extended through twenty twenty three as the Cincinnati Reds manager. Uh, LJ, I love this this uh, extension. Yeah. I mean, look, this team hasn't been expected to do much the last two years, but they've done it anyway. It's winter time. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. It takes a certain type of person to be able to sell a clubhouse on that. And he's done it. So eventually they're going to be able to round out this team really well and they will be a full-fledged playoff contender. I honestly hope that they're a little bit more willing to invest some some money in free agency because I feel like if they do that, they're really only a couple pieces away. Like, they're, they've had excellent pitching. The thing well, is, is this Joey Votto contract is just going to tie them. That's 25 mil a year through 2023. Like, that's 
that's a lot of money for for a team that doesn't like to spend a lot. That is a lot of money for a guy, a team that doesn't want to spend a lot, but you can't act like it's not worth it right now. No, it's worth it. So he's still playing great baseball. So very true. You're gonna you're gonna capitalize on that. What I think, or at least I hope, was the situation is this team did not think that they were competitive going to be competitive last year in 2020. They didn't think they were ready for that. Turns out they were. However, they were ready for it because Trevor Bauer had such a great year. The pitching staff looked so good. The offense was lacking a lot. In in baseball, if you don't have a lineup, I feel like having a strong lineup is much hard is much bigger deal than having a strong pitching staff because you can you can pick up you can acquire the hot pitcher of the year and help your case immensely in that regard. However, you can only do so much to fix a lineup over the course of a year or two years. So if you're the Reds in the middle of a global pandemic, not knowing when you're be able to open in full for all of your fans yet, why would you invest significant money in retaining guys like Bauer if you don't know exactly what you have in your offense? Now, they know exactly what they're getting out of this offensive group, and it is going to be great. So they can be a lot more aggressive. They know they have the core that they need to be able to pull something off. I agree. I totally agree with that. Uh, I, you know, I feel like it, they're a fun team when they're good because they were so good in the 70s and 80s. Big, like they, Big red contraption. Yeah, the big red contraption. That's right. Oh, the OG listeners of this show will know what we're talking about. But the new listeners only know the Hunt for Reds October. Yes, that is also a good one as well. But all right, LJ, I have a little bit of Juan Soto appreciation. I am a firm believer that he should be the National League MVP. He won't get it because his team is atrocious, but he has a 175 OPS plus. I mean, it's ridiculous. And he's approaching seven war already. He's past Tatis and uh, war. You know, war isn't everything, but you look at his hitting stats. LJ, he has a 462 on base percentage. He's played 140 games. It, it's it's ridiculous. And this is tw- listen to this stat: 23 games this year, Juan Soto has reached base four times. Only six players have done it more. Babe Ruth did it four times. Barry Bonds did it three times. Lou Gehrig, Ted Williams, Mickey Mantle and Wade Boggs. That's pretty good company, if you ask me. It is, absolutely. No, you're right. I certainly see the case for it. Brandon, I'm excited to go through our MVP picks in, gosh. What We're going to have to do it at the first playoff episode. Yeah, so it's Wild like. Wild cards and MVPs. Yeah, so we're talking we've only got like a week and a half left of traditional shows. We've only got about like in terms of shows left for the year, like, I mean, we're going to do it every day that there's playoff games. Right. I mean, that that would make sense. So like 20 shows left, if that. Yeah. So 25. My point is either way, like the regular, the daily shows, there's only, there's only so there's only a week and a half left of the season. Mm -hmm. So anyway, my point being, I'm very excited to go through and fill out my my fake MVP ballot. I already know how I want to judge these guys in order to get it. I'm not going give, to give too much away, but I think he really deserves a case. I don't think it's realistic that he gets it. I think Tatis is such a big story that he's got a lot of hype for it. More importantly, and especially if they're able to catch the Braves, the media is hyping up Bryce Harper to the moon. Yeah. 
And I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. He absolutely deserves the looks for this this award. But he is clearly the, the media's favorite for this award. And I think that speaks a lot, a lot of the time. And then you also can't count out a guy like Trey Turner, where if he has a crazy last 10 days, I mean, he's got more war than Bryce Harper right now. So... You, but you are right. They are trying to give it to Bryce Harper, but I feel like Trey Turner's also in the mix. His his stats offensively and defensively have been nuts this year. So bunch of options there for sure. But yeah, that's my Juan Soto appreciation for the day. Oh, also he had a hundred and sixteen and a half mile an hour double today. That's his second hardest hit ball of his entire career. Uh, his hardest hit ball was 116.6 miles an hour. He did that just a little over a month ago. So there's no better hitter in the league than him. I'm fully convinced he's the best pure hitter in the league. He, he just He's just a tank. He doesn't strike out, and he draws a ton of walks and hits homers. He's amazing. But we have to do a couple of Hall of Fame picks here. Yeah, what would you say we have time for two? Yeah, uh, we have the Toronto Blue Jays and the Chicago Cubs tonight. Didn't we already do Toronto? Did we do those teams already? We did Did Toronto because I thought we picked Marcus Simeon. That's right. All right. And then I don't think we did the Cubs. We did not do the Cubs, I know. All right. So we have Cubs and Brewers. Uh, Cubs, LJ. Oh, boy. All I do is Schwindel. Frankie, all I do is Schwindel. Yeah, that's probably our best option. Frank Schwindel. Uh, LJ, Patrick Unless Wisdom. Go with David Ross. LJ, Patrick Wisdom is going to hit 30 home runs this year. Really? He has 27. So he could hit 30 home runs. LJ, he is legitimately a beast. He's only had 358 plate appearances. He's on like a 60 home, like a little less than a 60 home run pace uh, for a full season. Can we talk real quick about the fact that Ian Happ only has three years of service time? What? No way. How is that possible? I know. It feels like he's been around forever, right? Yeah. Starting this year, he had uh, three years and 36 days of service time. He's only been playing since 2017. Wow. Yeah. And he only had one option used so hey i don't know how he feels like he's i don't know why it feels like he's been around forever but um no no the only other person i think we could go with here and i would be totally fine with going with him would be david ross because this team had no business being competitive for as long as they were and he is real and really the majority of this roster wasn't around before or wasn't relevant before the trade deadline. Yeah, no, that's, that's true. And then they were able to trade away a lot of their pieces because of that. Uh, I mean, they literally cleaned house. They got rid of Bryant, Rizzo, Baez. Uh, who else did they trade Peterson. away? Yeah. Uh, Jock Peterson. And then, couple of pitchers as well so Hendrix is really the only piece of value they kept yeah and and uh, Wilson Contreras a lot of people thought that he could potentially be on the move but then it turned out no one really wanted a catcher uh or at least overpay for a catcher so yeah uh I'm fine with picking uh you know I'm kind of between Frank Schwindel because he is just like killing it. I mean, he's hitting 338. Well, he doesn't uh, swindle. What can I say? Patrick Wisdom, though, is really impressive to me, too. Also, I do like me some uh, David Ross. I don't know, LJ. Between those three, it's it's really tough. I'd probably, I'm leaning towards Patrick Wisdom. I'm but either of them is fine. Anyone's fine. It, it's the Cubs. One of these players is not going to end up making it deep. I can assure. Oh, you're right. All right, I'm heavily in the David Ross. 
All right, we'll go with David Ross. Corner, so wonder why you're heavily with David Ross. It's not like he well no way he won a World Series with the Red Sox. Oh yeah. Oh, how, what a coincidence. David Ross for the Cubs. David right. Ross just just goes to teams with with impossible odds and just tears those odds down. All right, LJ, the Brewers is a tough one. Really, Adamas. Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, uh, Josh Hader, Devin Williams, all dudes who we love. Rowdy Tellez, I mean, come on. All right, I believe Rowdy Tellez is the odd man out, but damn no I, I tried to sneak one in there oh no daniel vogel back daniel vogel back oh what a man um that's the, no that's 2019 all-star daniel vogel back to you jackie bradley the only man who the man the man who never got hot this year the <laughs> one hot stretch of the year he, how is he still on the roster he's hitting 163 <laughs> <laughs> they paid twelve million dollars for one sixty-three. Wait, I'm gonna see which player has the least amount of baseball reference war this year. Hunter Dozier, negative two point five, and it's mostly because of his defense. Jared Kleenex minus two. Clint Frazier minus one point four in sixty-six games. Jesus. <laughs> uh, I don't see him on there, so that's a good thing. He must be really good on defense, LJ. Yes, yes, he is. Look, I really hate being right with this, but. Oh, he has the least was, amount of offensive war. There it is. I was right. I'm sorry. I hate, I hate that I'm right, but I was 100% right with this. He was not He was not worth overpaying for. Yeah, you're absolutely right. 35 OPS plus in 126 games. Especially when you consider he was essentially replaced i guess yeah i mean right now you could call him replaced by kike who again i haven't checked the statistics recently but last i checked kike would have been at least in the discussion for gold glove he would get some votes on ballots so that's not a big downgrade and it's certainly an offensive upgrade for much yeah for sure uh, and it also plays second base. Like, you can't ask any, any more than that. As for the Hall of Fame pick, I, I mean, LJ, it's got to be Corbin Burns, right? Um, yes. He's Look, the man. I, I mean, his FIP this year is almost going to beat Pedro Martinez's record. There's a chance that he has the lowest FIP ever in a season. There's a chance, LJ. I guess my apprehension stems from Josh Hader because this is an incredible season he's having too. And he's continuing to further smash records for strikeouts because I forget which milestone he had, but maybe it was was it 450 or was it 400 i think he was the fastest player to 400 strikeouts or something this year yeah he's he has 472 in his uh career so i feel like he, i'm having deja vu also are we sure we haven't picked this one i'm 100 percent sure i have the entire list in front of me okay um yeah we've not picked this one Josh Hader is interesting, uh, does have a few character issues in the past, uh, certainly something that for a Hall of Fame, even though there is no criteria, I don't know, uh, I don't know, you were all over David Ross, I think I'm all over Corbin Burns, bro. Yeah, I'll give it to you, especially saying I can't put my heart behind anything but Willie Adamas, and I know it's absolutely what we shouldn't pick, so I'm good with Corbin Burns. All right. Well, that is, uh, I believe, going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Check us out, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at MLB Daily Pod. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you tomorrow. See you manana. 
Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.